You're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast, the podcast that explores and celebrates all things pedal pumping. I'm your host, Mimi Footnip, and I'm a pedal pumping content creator and foot model. You can check out my website, mimifootnip.com, for more about me. And I've added the word celebrate to that little intro to say we celebrate all things pedal pumping because why not? Let's celebrate it. Pride is next month in June for most most cities hold a, a annual pride parade. Traditionally a gay pride parade, but it's kind of just morphed into a pride parade and celebrates sexual diversity. And I was thinking, what should, <laughs> if the pedal pumping community were to participate in pride or have our own pride, what would our flag look like? I'm just imagining flag designs for like the, you know, there's like the the rainbow pride flag and then there's like trans flags and different flags that represent diverse uh, sexual community, sexual orientations, fetishes, whatever, kink. Um, so I'm just, I was thinking, we, we need a flag. Do we need a flag? I kind of feel like I want us to have a flag. So... <laughs> If you have any ideas or suggestions or thoughts, it's just I'm just musing, but email me and let me know what you think our 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 pride flag should look like. Um in today's episode, I've got a listener email to share, but first, I'm so excited my very own copy of Jim Shoe's new book is on its way. And I can't wait to get it. I've been talking about this. If you've read it, be sure to leave a review on Amazon. I know I'm going to. Little things like that help writers so much. And I personally want to encourage everyone to support pedal pumping content everywhere. So go to Amazon.com. Check out Jim Shoe. The spelling is S-H-U-E. And he's got a book that he recently published about pedal pumping, pedal pumping fetish stories and female domination. So I can't wait to read it. My foot is on the cover and I believe there's also some pictures of my feet inside that book. So I'm really, really excited. Thank you, Jim, for sending me uh, an autographed copy. And um, thanks to all the patrons such a supportive community, such a creative and inspiring community. Tevin, Jim, Riker, Old Dirty, DBM, Not a Golfer, MF, Rayshon, Steven, Eric, F, Eric, J, Crinking Fan, Rocketman, Leo, Havaianas Fan, Robert, Austin, Pedro, Don, and BFS 426. Oh my gosh, you guys are so much fun to hang out with. If you're listening to the Pedal Pumping Podcast and you would like to join our community, you can. You're welcome to check us out. We are over on patreon.com slash pedal pumping podcast. We have a lot of fun over there, um, a lot of a lot of conversations and things like that. So you're welcome to join. If not, just keep listening. Keep enjoying the, the podcast. All those little things that you do, like downloading the podcast, liking it, favoriting it, or all those those little algorithm type things really make a big difference, so I appreciate it so, so much. Uh, before we take a break, another thing I've kind of just been pondering, sort of like the what our, what our pride flag would look like, I've been reading, or I should say listening to audiobooks, 
And this this year, I've listened to two audiobooks now that are kind of like anthropology oriented about one was about like the history of textiles and the most recently one about sheep which is also like the history of sheep and which is heavily about textiles as well and I was and they talk a lot about spinning and weaving and I was thinking about how spinning and weaving involves in many cultures and historically would involve a loom with a pedal <laughs> and spinning and weaving were typically considered work or women women's jobs that women were always spinning and weaving and so I just got thinking about this and I, I started wondering if pedal pumping like predates automobiles and is actually connected to our weaving textile weaving and spinning ancestors who would be like you know basically women at home spinning and weaving and and like pumping up a, a pedal on a loom or like I don't know I'm not gonna ramble on about this anymore but if anyone knows anything about that or has seen any content like that or there is aware of any kind of fetishes that are related to textile like loom pedal pumping weaving I'm probably not even using the right vocabulary words and terms for it because it's like not something that I have knowledge around but I am totally interested and fascinated by human history and our origins on this planet and in the universe and I love anthropology and the study of the study of humanity. So anyway, let's take a break and then we'll get into an email. What do you say? We're back from the break and as promised, I'm going to jump right into the email. It was getting close to graduation. I took Chelsea to the prom. No driving though. We rode in a limo provided by my dad. We spend the weekends together at her place and occasionally left her mom's house to go to the store or go out to get lunch or dinner down the road, so it was a short barefoot show in her Corolla. I recall her friend Diane, her classmate from school. She worked at the food land down the road from her house. Chels introduced me to her one Sunday at Foodland while Diane was working. She was a tall, slender Portuguese-Hawaiian mix common in Hawaii. She stood as tall as me at 5'10 and had dark brown eyes with her hair tied up in a bun. It was a quick introduction. I did notice that she did look stoned though, lol. I smoked every so often and Chels did too, but we never did it while working. It was kind of funny to see that. Fast forward to summer that year, first weekend into summer of 93, and I planned to spend my Saturday with Chelsea and some of her friends at the beach. I was thinking about boogie boarding and jumping off the rocks into the water. I drove to Chelsea's place in the morning to get her. She called me the night before that she wanted to bring a couple of friends along, Diane and her younger sister, Karen. I got there expecting to see Chelsea getting her car ready, but her car wasn't there in the carport. Her mom's 1985 Dodge Diplomat was instead. She walked out to greet me. Hi, babe, with excitement in her voice. 
Apparently, her car didn't start that morning, so her mom's friend towed it to the repair shop down the road to get the starter replaced and a few other things done. I remember these things as police cars in the 80s. To be honest, I thought they were ugly as hell, though. LOL. The first thing I noticed was that it had an awesome view from the passenger seat to the footwell. A must if you are a pedal-pumping connoisseur like I am. Diane and Karen came out soon after. Everyone was pretty much ready for the beach. I loaded my stuff in the spacious trunk and hopped in the passenger seat. I put on my shades to avoid being noticed while looking at Chelsea's feet while she drove. The big red diplomat had a musty smell to it. It had a beautiful interior, though lots of chrome and the carpet was plush. The seats were soft and the fabric on them very soft. Diane passed by my door and I looked over at her flip-flopped feet, her blue chipped toenails and slender feet. Her second toe looked just a little bit longer than the big toe and the pinky toe on her left foot curled in a little. What I clearly remember was that she didn't really have an arch. She had a noticeable flat foot. She hopped in behind me and I could feel her knees pushing into the backrest of my seat. I adjusted my seat a little forward and she thanked me for that. Chelsea hopped in behind the wheel and shook her sandals off. This time she had on black polish, which I've seen before, but her feet floated a couple inches above the floor as she pressed the brake with her big toe and second toes. The seat was positioned as far forward as it could, but it would go more, but just clicked as it was a powered seat and was broken. She could make it move backwards up and down, but forward was slow and just clicked once it got to a certain point. Chelsea was 5'4 and her mom was 5'9, so the seat pretty much was stuck when it got to her mom's position. Karen sat behind Chelsea and she asked Karen to push the back with her feet. Diane and I started laughing and Karen's effort actually got the seat to move another inch or two. She could rest her heel back on the floor as she pressed the brake. Chelsea then started the car. I could hear the starter turn sounding like hollow metallic chime and then a whirring spin after the engine caught followed by a smooth idle of the eight cylinder under the hood. It was an interesting observation. I didn't realize how smooth this car ran compared to the GM or Ford V8s. Chelsea put in drive and off we went. She pressed down with the big toe and the second toe this time and her heel lifted off the floor as she could only reach the pedal this way. I was pretty much aroused by the time we got to the freeway. It would be another 30 minutes to get to our destination. Diane let up a joint and offered it to Charles. Her foot let off the gas as she reached back to grab the joint and took a hit. She then passed it to me and I took a hit and passed it back to Diane, looked back to Chells and saw she was smiling back. I drew my attention back at her feet again, enjoying the view. At the beach, the waves were moderate and I stood by for a while to sober up a bit. I felt more comfortable being more focused getting in the water. Walking back to the girls while they lay on the beach suntanning, I could see their feet facing me. I couldn't help but look at Diane's feet. The way her soles looked, I noticed the contrast difference between the tan top side of her feet and the soft-looking white soles. The lack of her arch kind of turned me off, though. Karen and Chelsea laid on their bellies, and I noticed their arches. Diane noticed me watching them, and I quickly shifted to the cooler and getting a bottle of water. The day got late, and we got hungry. We walked back to the parking lot, and we were talking about where to go to eat as we walked.
Diane mentioned a good plate lunch place in town where her uncle lived in the central area of the island. Chelsea said, good, you can drive us there because I'm going to get lost driving there. I was like, what? I then looked down at Diane's feet and thought, hmm, what will happen? I already knew how she would drive. It was like a gut feeling and a tingling in my shorts occurred. As we got to the diplomat, I went straight to the passenger rear door. Chelsea passed the car keys to Diane and my heart started to beat faster. I got in and positioned myself. Karen got in next to me. Diane's younger sister was around 15, I think, maybe younger. She had a blank look on her face and looked out the window. I didn't bother looking obviously over the front seats in front of her. I was so enjoying the moment, like watching with excitement. Diane and Chelsea both got in at the same time, like it was choreographed. But Chelsea closed her door a second after Diane. The seat was positioned a bit too close for Diane, and she moved the seat back. I could hear the electric motor moving the seat back as she moved it back and pulled her feet back a little out of view. She did a little swinging back and forth with her right foot and hearing a little thump on the floor. Her right bare foot reappeared and rested it on the gas pedal. I was in ecstasy again. Then her left leg swung back in the same manner and then her left bare foot reappeared and she placed it on the brake pedal holding it down with the ball of her feet. I was a little confused by what she was doing. She inserted, inserted the key and started the car. Her right foot covered halfway up the gas pedal and she revved it a couple of times with the ball of her foot. I was like, wow, she drives with both feet. It was the first time I saw this. At this point, the fact that she had flat feet didn't matter anymore. I felt like my fetish got bumped up to another level. I was hard as a rock. I was so glad Chelsea couldn't see me drooling over her friend's feet. I quickly looked at Karen and she was still looking out the window. Back to Diane. I watched her reverse the car, then out of the stall, then maneuvered out to the road. Her left and right feet never moved off the pedals. I watched how her heels rested on the floor and she would press the gas with her right foot and then the left foot would release pressure off the brake but kept contact with the pedal. Her left toes would move occasionally. I could see her muscle tendons pulling back in her toes as she anticipated the traffic. When she did apply the brake, then the right toes did the same, then switched back to the gas to accelerate. I watched this for a few minutes and popped back up for more after, all the way to the restaurant. We stayed for an hour and left. Chelsea drove back and I was in the back. I was back in the front seat again. Of course, her footwork aroused me on the way back. We dropped them off at their house and then went back to her place. Chelsea's mom told her that her car was ready and they had to go get it. She told me she would see me later. I went back home and it took a little while to register the day. I literally relieved myself more than once that evening with the images and thoughts in my head for a few days. The fact she used both feet to drive had me twisted for a bit. Every time I was with Chelsea and Diane appeared, I was triggered badly. There was one Sunday evening we were walking at the mall parking lot by the Foodland where Diane worked. Chels and I sat in her car talking and Diane came walking out to her car to the right of us. Chels hopped out to, to chat with Diane. I got out too and stepped back to the back of the Corolla. 
Diane was still in her work clothes. Black work pants, a green collared shirt with a white flower prints on it. On her feet were a pair of black Nike Cortez shoes with the white swoosh and ankle socks. Diane was Chelsea's weed source. They would often meet here for it. I noticed, too, that Diane had a new Toyota Celica Coupe. It was white with alloy wheels and a chrome performance exhaust. Chelsea gave her the money. Then Diane would get in her car. She took off her work shirt as she got in, revealing her white sports bra. It made her breasts look bigger than they were. She'd sit in her car with her legs resting outside and reached over in the back seat for her backpack. She reached back out to hand Chelsea the nugget, like secretly passing it hand over hand. They talked for a little bit more. I noticed Diane sitting in her car with her feet still outside while still talking to my girlfriend. She started to reach down and undo her shoelaces. She took off her right shoe first and then the left. She dusted off her shoes and placed them on the passenger floor. I started to get hard again. She hovered her socked feet off the ground for a second and then removed her socks, revealing her bare feet to me. I looked at my girlfriend, still carrying a conversation with Diane, and her attention was focused to her. I would be in so much trouble if my girlfriend saw me staring at Diane. Her feet looked so nice and clean. No nail polish, but she had a sandal tan on them. She put her feet into the car, resting the left foot on the brake, and the taillights glowed red. I walked closer to her open door and looked at her right foot on the gas pedal. Her big and second toe rested on the bottom of the gas pedal while she inserted the key, and she would press her toes down with light pressure. The little four-cylinder fired up with a loud crackle of the exhaust, almost raspy in tone. Her toes pressed down again, and the little Celica revved up quickly, almost simultaneously with the movement of her right foot, both feet on the pedals in my view, and then she closed her door. I snapped out of my trance, and Diane said, bye, to my girlfriend. Chels went into the store to get rolling papers and asked if I wanted to come in. I told her that I'll chill in the car while she got the papers. My erection was very evident, and I wanted to sit down in the car to hide it. Diane triggered me again and would have to take it out on my girlfriend later that night. The meetups would happen pretty much every weekend. Diane ended up getting fired from her job, though, so we'd ended up going to her house and grabbing some weed. She would just be in the driveway, and I no longer had the opportunity to see her getting in her car anymore. But yeah, that girl who drove with both feet stuck with me for a while. Leo. Thanks, Leo, for your story. This is another great story from the early 90s, back when... Like, scoring weed was like a whole thing, right? <laughs> That's kind of what this reminds me of is, um, and I should also caveat that I didn't smoke weed in the 90s, but I I just remember that whole thing of, like, getting weed was not just something that you could, like, it's not like nowadays, right? So you had to know somebody, and there was a whole, a whole, it was a whole ordeal, <laughs> I'll say, um, this story, I'm still in California, you guys, and this story is really making me miss Hawaii, food land, and the beach, and just all your little Hawaii references. Um, I don't know if people, um, other, like, people that are not in Hawaii, if they know that 
in Hawaii, the police use their own cars. So you make reference about like that, the, um, the car, what was it called? I can't even remember the name. Um, blah, blah, blah. The Dodge Diplomat. I can't even, I'm gonna have to Google that. I, I don't even know what a Dodge Diplomat looks like, but it's funny because, you know, in, in Hawaii, in, like mainland United States, in my experience, police cars always are like a marked police car, right? Like white or black and they say highway patrol or police on them. Whereas in Hawaii, it's just like a random car. It's just your car with like lights on the top. They just like fit your car. They outfit your car um, to be a police car if that's your job. So, yeah, I always thought that was, I always think that's kind of cool in Hawaii. The other thing I, I miss and love about Hawaii are just all the Jeeps. Everybody's driving Jeeps there, too. Anyway, um, I another great story. Thank you so much. It's so funny that she drives with, or she drove, I assume Diane's still probably driving around like that, right? Because the habits we form driving when we're younger, we tend to kind of, like, stick with them throughout our lifetime. I I feel like driving with both feet, like, I don't know. I feel like that would be really hard. Although I do remember when I was learning to drive, um, I learned to drive in my boyfriend's car, and it was a 1980 Scirocco, and it was a five-speed. So I remember, you know, using the, the left foot on the clutch, you do have to use both feet to drive, right, if you're, if you're driving a, a manual. But using I I guess like I did have kind of an instinct like I wanted to put my left foot on the brake but then you stall it right you have to dedicate your left foot to the clutch otherwise you know you're not going to go anywhere so I think that like because I learned to drive in a manual that it would feel really strange to me to use that left foot for anything but the clutch I think that's I think that's where that comes from for me like it just feels weird but I wonder if there's any other dual foot drivers out there and I also think it's kind of interesting like this the um the fact that you were like kind of initially turned off by her feet like you were curious about them and you were kind of a little bit turned off by them but then once you saw them on the pedals it was like oh game on like a whole different story I'm wondering too if any of the listeners have had similar experiences where maybe somebody like their personality or their feet or something about them was kind of not super attractive to you. But then once you saw them driving or like having car trouble or um, revving or something that it really like, like in an instant kind of just changed the way you saw them and all. And suddenly they went from kind of unattractive to like, Ooh, super attractive to where you're like aroused and, having a sexual arousal response. You know what I mean? I'm super curious if anyone has any details or stories like that and you want to share them with me or, or, or really anything that you'd want to share with me on the podcast, you're free to email me at mimifootnip at gmail.com. I love getting listener emails. Uh, if you want me to share or if you want to remain anonymous, and share on the podcast just let me know that but my inbox is open um it's really fun to I don't know like 
just get all the different perspectives and experiences and fantasies and, and points of view uh, and, and share in the community. So thank you all for your contributions, uh, past and future. And we'll wrap the podcast here this week. You guys have a great weekend. Treat yourself to some pedal pumping content or, or, you know, get out in the car and do some pedal pumping yourself. Have a great weekend. Celebrate your fetish. Be proud. And I'll see you next week. Bye, guys.